the hills help my help coming from the Lord God, maker of heaven and earth. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praises shall continually be in my mouth. Father, we thank you this morning that your mercies are new every morning. We thank you, God, for what you have done in our lives, and we just want to give you the glory. We pray this morning, Father, that the words that I speak this morning will be life to somebody, that there'll be a word of a rhema word for somebody, Jesus. Heal somebody today, Father. Touch somebody today. Bring deliverance to someone's house today, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Holy Spirit, and we believe you and claim that it's done in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. You know, sometimes we can become so church that we become grumpy church people. We can, we can be so unhappy. We think the service, we, can, we complain. We start complaining. We think the service is too long. The music is wrong. The music was good this morning. Woo-wee! The preaching is off. I hope I'm not. The list can go on. And we come to church sometime depressed, and we leave depressed because we forget that we're dealing with an enemy that wants to steal our joy. And sometimes we miss our focus because we're grumpy church people. The opportunity to remember how God has blessed us. The Bible says that we defeat the enemy by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. So this morning, I want to talk with you briefly about telling your story. The story of what God has done for you. All of us have a testimony. We have a testimony of how good God has been to us. And we need to tell that not only to ourselves. Remind us of, we need to remind ourselves just how good God has been to us. And then we need to tell somebody else, look what the Lord has done for me. We all have a story. So this morning for a topic, I want to use the topic, use the subject, every scar has a story. Say that with me, every scar has a story. And for the text scripture, I'm going to use Revelation chapter 12, verse 11. And they defeated the lamb by the blood of the lamb and by their testimony. They defeated the lamb by the blood of the lamb. They defeated him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. Amen? A scar comes from a wound that has been repaired. The body forms new fibers to mend the wounds, to mend brokenness, to mend abuse. The scar, the, uh, the, the wound supposed to result in a scar. See, the good news about a scar is that it's the end of the healing process. Our story can start out with us have a wound. Our story can start out that we have emotional wounds and those things can hurt so bad that we can't even touch them, let alone we can't even talk about them. But that shouldn't be the end of the story. The end of the story should be, my wound became a scar. 
And if I was to say, if you were to say to me this morning, I don't have any scars, my, my response to you would be, keep on living. We all have scars on us. And our scars can be visible or invisible. Our scars can come from what was done to us or what we did to ourselves. But scars are a reminder of the experiences we've had. For instance, somebody could have a scar from riding a bicycle. You could have gotten a scar from falling out of a tree. And maybe you were not a scar from one time when you were in a fight. And maybe you had a scar when you were in, the, in your house, you, got, you were in an accident, had an accident in your house or had a car accident, and you got a scar from it. And perhaps you had a, a medical procedure and you've left with a scar. Or perhaps you were playing sports and you got a scar. Some scars are visible and some scars are invisible because it's emotional. They're hidden. And they can be scars from emotional abuse, scars from words that were spoken to you. They can't be seen, but they're there. And scars are not pretty. They're usually ugly. They can be reminders of a bad memory. And sometimes the deeper the scar, the deeper the pain. Life experiences can produce visible and invisible scars, but it doesn't mean one is less painful. And whatever you wear, scar you're wearing this morning, that scar is significant to you. The scars are a reminder of the life that we've lived and the experiences we've had. I want to tell you this morning about a story. I had a young man in summer camp. And I had a camp down in East Durham, North, East Durham community here in North Carolina just a few years ago. And the camp consisted of children between the ages of 10 to 15. And this young man was 11 years old. One of the activities for the camp, the children were practicing giving speeches. And each camper would be videoed. And there was a young man attending the camp. And every day he wore a cap. He had a cap for every outfit. If he wore brown, he wore a brown cap. If he wore red, he had a red cap. He had a cap for every outfit. But now it's time for him to be videoed. And I said to him, now for this presentation, you gotta take your cap off. And he said to me, that's okay, I don't wanna participate. I, I, I don't wanna do it. And because I wanted him to participate, I changed my mind about him wearing the cap and said, okay, you can wear your cap. He did a great job. The next morning, he arrived early at camp before the other children. And he said, Ms. Jordan, I wanna to talk to you. I gave him, I stopped what I was doing and gave him my undivided attention. He took off his cap and on his head were visible scars. He had no hair, just scars. And he said to me, he said, let me tell you how I got my scars. 
He says, when I was a baby, they put me in my crib, my mother put me in my crib and told my brother to watch me while she took a shower. While my mother was taking a shower, my brother found some matches and started playing with them. He said he set something on the, in the crib on fire and it burned my hair and my scalp before it was put out. He said, that's how I got my scars. But he continued with the conversation. He says, he says but I forgave my brother because I know he didn't mean to do it. He said, I love him. He said, but I wear these caps to cover my scars. We all have scars we're trying to cover up. Scars that we don't want anybody to see. And we go through such length to hide our scars. We apply makeup to conceal them. We wear certain clothes so they're not visible. They're a reminder of the physical and the emotional pain. And we hide our scars because we don't want the world to see the hard and ugly things that we've been through. The sad part about it, the world looks at our scars and they see something shameful and ugly. But I want to tell you today, God sees our scars as a mark of his glory. God uses says our scars are a testimony about what he's done for us, about his goodness, about his grace. Scars have a way of telling somebody what the Lord has done for them. I'm reminded this morning of a short story in Luke chapter 5, verses 12 through 14. Just Jesus has come from the mount teaching on the Beatitudes. He's teaching about the mercies and the goodness. He's, te he's teaching on how we should live and how we should treat one another. See, when you read this story in Luke chapter 5, this man's life looks bleak. And in this passage is a short conversation between the leper and Jesus. The scripture says, while Jesus was in one of the towns, a man came along who was covered with leprosy. And when he saw Jesus, he fell with his face to the ground, begging him. Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I'm willing, he said, be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. Then Jesus ordered him, don't tell anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer a sacrifice that Moses commanded for his, your cleansing as a testimony to them. See, back in biblical times, Leprosy was considered a, social, a serious disease with the social and religious implications. A leper body is filled with wounds and sores, and the physical body is deteriorating while the person is still living. And we know from studying this disease, it's devastating on a person, not only on their body, but on their mind. It's it's, it tears a person apart because the leprosy is completely isolated. He has, he's separated from his family, from his friends, from his neighbors. He's not allowed in the presence of other people. And if they come in contact with other people, they have to wear a mask. Doesn't that sound familiar? They wear a mask over their mouth 
so they won't get people infected. And they have to, sh have to shout the words, unclean, unclean. Their open wounds are repulsive. The Old Testament law required that a leper stay excluded away from other people, from society. See, they're rejected, they're despised, they're scorned, and they feel unloved. They have a sickness and disease that no one wants to share the same space with them, and that's devastating. So this man comes to Jesus, this man with leprosy, he comes to Jesus on his knees, begging him, Lord, make me clean. And Jesus does the unthinkable. He touched the leper. Jesus could have sent him to the priest without touching him. See, when I think about this passage, I think about what Jesus did for this man that the law can't do for you and I. Moses came down from Mount Sinai with rules and laws. The commandments told us what our problem was, but it provided no solution for us to be healed. Jesus did what the law couldn't do. Jesus took away his disease. Jesus took away his shame. This man who once had leprosy is now healed. No longer does he have an open wound. He's left with a scar, a memory of what Jesus did for him. He can go home and tell his family about his scar. You see, the disease was supposed to take him out, but it didn't take him out. It just left him with a scar, a memory of the goodness of Jesus. Jesus loved overruled the Levitical law. Jesus did for this man what we all want done for our wounds and for our sickness. We want healing. We want our story to be the story of the scar. See, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against spiritual wickedness in high places. We want our story to be that the enemy had us on the mat for the 10 count, but Jesus stepped in and touched us. What was supposed to be, what, what was supposed to be, instead we're left with a scar as a reminder of what Jesus did for us. Jesus can touch the untouchable. He can cure the uncurable. The scar we're wearing is our testimony. God can make our wounds a scar. Jesus can bring deliverance to our house. I ask you this morning, are you wearing a scar? What is your story? What has God delivered you from? What healing has God brought in your life? What's your scar? What is your story this morning? I want to tell you about a man that was born with a disability. He was wounded before he became an adult. Some people have emotional wounds inflicted upon them during their childhood years and they never, never get healed. They wear that wound for a long, long time. This story is about a blind man and he's accustomed to being invisible and overlooked. His life is one of brokenness and despair. He has no name. But one day, Jesus came by. The scripture says in John chapter 9, Jesus saw 
a blind man from birth. His disciples asked him, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And Jesus responds to the man, to his disciples by saying, it was he didn't sin, neither did his parents sin. But what, this is, what, has, what has happened here, this man is blind so that the works of God may be displayed in him. And sometimes we wonder, you go through some stuff, we're saying, Lord, why? Why is this happening to me? What's going on? What, what is it that I have done? And I want to give you the response this morning that Jesus gave his disciples. My answer to you is that Jesus said so that the works of God can be displayed in your life. Hallelujah. And then he goes on to say, and I believe that he's talking to us as well when he says this to his disciples. He says, as long as it is day, we must do the work of him who sent us. For night is coming that no man can work. He goes on to tell them, he says, I am in this world because I am the light of the world. And then he goes to the blind man. And he spits on the ground. And he makes some mud with the saliva. And he puts it on the blind man's eyes. Now keep in mind, this man was blind from birth. He hasn't seen his parents. He doesn't know what Jesus looks like. He doesn't know anything. He was blind from birth. And he says to this man, go wash in the pool of Siloam. So the man went. He washed. And he went home seeing. He went home seeing. Only Jesus. Only Jesus. When he got to the neighborhood, the people began to look around at him. And they said, is that, is that that man that was standing on the corner begging? Is that that blind man begging? And some of the other neighbors said, no, it's not him. It's somebody that looks like him. It's somebody that looks like him. And he stepped in. He said, no. He said, I am that man. I am that man. They said, how you get your eyes open? He said, let me tell you. The man they called Jesus made some mud put it in my eyes and told me to go wash the pool of Siloam. I went, I washed, and now I can see. Glory, Glory to God. They said, where is this man? He said, I don't know. Because the people knew the rules of the Pharisees, some of them took, Jesus, took this man who had been born blind, they took him to the Pharisees. And the reason they took him is because the law said, according to the Pharisees, you can't heal anybody on Sunday. You can't heal anybody on the Sabbath because that's work. You can't be making mud pies and putting them in people's eyes because that's work. So they took him to the Pharisees, and the Pharisees said to him, they began to question him, how did you receive your sight? And he testifies again. He says, he made some mud and put it in my eyes. I went and washed, and now I can see. And the Pharisee says, look, this man is not from God because he's working on Sunday. 
He's working on Sunday. How can he be from God? He's a sinner. And the other people says, well, if he's a sinner, how can he perform this miracle? And the Pharisees asked the man again that had been born blind. They asked him again. He says, now what do you got to say about this? Because it's your eyes that was open. He says, I don't know. Maybe he was a prophet. But still, the Pharisees didn't believe him. They didn't believe that he had been born blind. So they said, go get your parents. Go get your mama and your dad and bring them here. He brings his parents. And the Pharisees said, These are, the Pharisees are the religious leaders. They're in charge of the church. They're in charge of the synagogue. And so they say to the, the parents, look, was your son born, was this your son? Was he born blind? And how is he able to see? He, they say to him, he says, look, we know that's our son, and we know he was born blind. But how he can see and who opened his eyes, we don't know. Ask him. He's of age. He can testify for himself. You see, the parents were afraid that the church was going to put them out. They were going to put them out of church because they were going to believe in Jesus as being the Messiah. And they didn't want that to happen. They believed in God of the God of Moses, but they didn't believe in the God that was Jesus. So they called the blind man who had been received his sight back a second time. And they said, now look, tell us the truth. Give God the glory and then tell us the truth. Because we know that man that you said open your eyes ain't nothing but a sinner. And he says to them, this man says to him, he says, look, whether he's a sinner or not, I don't know. But one thing I do know, I was blind, but now I see. I was blind, but now I see. That's what I do know. And that's our testimony this morning. We were blind. We were blind until Jesus touched us, until Jesus brought light in our life. You see, the blind man came into the world with this one thing that was making his life miserable. What's making your life miserable today? Jesus comes along and shows him that he's the light of the world, and he opens his eyes. Sometimes things go wrong in our lives for no other reason so that God can set it right. Remember Job? Job hadn't done a thing wrong. He was, the God said, try my servant Job because he's an upright man. He hadn't done anything wrong. And just because we have things that happen to us is not always because we've sinned. A person can get wounded and become broken at any point of their life. And sometimes the wounds can stay so long that it seems like it's never going to heal. That was the blind beggar's life. We can go through situations we don't understand, but I want you to know God has a purpose. He's setting us up for a scar. And whatever scar we're wearing, whether it's a badge of honor or a scar of shame, those scars serve as a reminder of the victories of the events in our lives. It reminds us of the healing power of Jesus. The blind man was blowing blind until Jesus came along. Then he got born again. I said he got born again. His eyes were open. He went home and he told his family. He went home, he told his neighbors, he told the church people. He says, I once was blind, but now I see. 
You see, the book of John has a lot, has only about eight, eight healing stories in it. And this particular story is found only in the book of John. And it has a current message for this age today because this man was born blind. And sometimes we try to justify our sins. Sometimes we'll say, I was born with this problem. Or I was born with that problem. But I want you to know this morning, I don't care what you're born with. You can be born again. We don't have to live a life filled with wounds. The Bible says that Jesus was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The punishment that was upon him was for our peace. And by his stripes we're what? We're healed. Our scars are proof that we're stronger than that thing that tried to take us out. The Bible says that the enemy comes but to steal, kill, and destroy. But our scars have said to the devil, you attempted, but you were unsuccessful because I came out on the other side. You know, God can use our scars, our ugly marks, our trials and our tribulations, and he can turn them into a badge of honor. Our scars can be our praise report. Remember what Jesus did for me? Scars, our scars can be used as a song that we can sing about, that we can shout glory. We can shout, thank you, Jesus. Our scars can be used as a way of saying, I said I wasn't going to tell nobody, but I just couldn't keep it to myself. Glory to God. Our scars are our praise report. Our scars are our praise report. Our scars are our testimony of God's goodness and his grace and his mercy. Scars tell stories, don't they? Scars tell stories about how we survived. Scars tell the story that if it had not been for the Lord on my side, Lord, where would I be? Where would I be? One songwriter, he writes this song. He says, my soul looks back and wonder how I got over. I want to tell you this morning, my soul don't, don't have to wonder. My soul knows that if it wasn't for the power and the grace of God, I wouldn't be here today. I'm so thankful. I'm so grateful for God's goodness and mercy. And I just say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. See, you and I, we don't have the power to save ourselves. We don't have the power to overcome sin. We're too weak. We're, we're weak creatures. We have the, the power we have. We can so easily be entangled with the, with the sins of this world, with the cares of this world. But what we do have is the resurrection power of Jesus. We have his power to hold on to, to live for. The power of the Holy Spirit can bring changes in our lives and cause us to walk in a way that God is pleased with. Jesus, we love you this morning. We bless you this morning. We thank you this morning. If it hadn't been for you, we don't know where we would be. Glory to God. I don't know if that's your testimony, but that's my testimony this morning. I'm so glad about it. I'm so glad about it. Thank you, Jesus. You know, Jesus has scars. And I want you to remember Thomas. Remember Thomas? Thomas said, Lord, I won't believe it's you until I can touch your scars. That's what he said to Jesus. And Jesus allowed Thomas, he, he showed himself to Thomas and let Thomas touch his scars. And he said, my Lord, my God. 
Jesus' scars is our testimony for us. That he gave his life for us so that we might be, be, be victorious. And we need to remember, we need to remember, we look at the scars in our life, we don't want nobody to know about it, but you're trying to find a way to give a testimony to somebody, tell them about your scar. So once I was wounded, and my wound became a scar because of Jesus. That's your testimony. That's your testimony as to how you can defeat the word of the, how you can defeat the enemy, and how you can share your word, how you can share the word of the Lord with another person. So we need to remember to tell others what Jesus has done for us. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. That was a message from the heart. It was a message for me and for you. Because here's the thing, church. I stand up here before you and I got a pretty nice press shirt on and I got a nice jacket on. But there's wounds down here. There's, there's been scars here before. And there's one answer for them. 